Welcome to Historical Fiction Unpacked. I'm your host, Allison Treat. Hello, readers, and welcome to episode 16 of season four of Historical Fiction Unpacked. Before I tell you about today's guest, I want to ask you to subscribe to this show if you're enjoying it or follow it, depending on what your app calls it. I know Apple Podcast now calls um, subscribing to a show, following a show. So whatever you use to listen, just subscribe or follow me and get it in your podcatcher every week. And also, if you could rate and review the show, that would really help other lovers of historical fiction to find it. Also, if you'd like to join the conversation about the show and meet others who are listening to it, don't hesitate to join our Facebook group. You can find it through the show notes or by searching Facebook for Historical Fiction Unpacked Podcast Group. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have an account there. And as I mention every week, if you'd like to support the show financially, we'd love to have you as part of our community on Patreon. That can be found at patreon.com slash Treat. A-L-I-S-O-N-T-R-E-A-T. Make sure you spell Allison with one L. My guest today is Karen Tanabe. She is the author of six novels. She's quite well known. One of her novels, The Gilded Age, is soon to be made into a motion picture. So I also wanted to mention, though, this might seem like a little bit of a strange episode to have right after Mother's Day because it's a pretty difficult conversation about the hard parts of motherhood. And, um, you know, I believe that motherhood is a huge gift. I love my kids. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be their mom. And, um, but this is, I mean, this is a very honest and frank conversation with Karen about motherhood. And the book that she, that we talk about, her book that came out last July, A Woman of Intelligence, is about a career woman who ends up, you know, having children and becoming a mom in a time when it was difficult to keep a career in the 1950s and also be a mother. Um, so that naturally goes into kind of how our identity as women can get lost as you become a mom. The conversation stands on its own, but I did want to kind of bring that to light so that you know, um, you know, this Mother's Day, it was such a blessing to be a mom, and I'm grateful for that blessing. And at the same time, we don't want to dismiss the difficulties that come with that, especially when women deal with postpartum depression. Um, I think that that does need to be a topic that's addressed and that people aren't afraid to share. Like this um, motherhood is really difficult sometimes, and I believe that we should be able to talk about those parts of it as well, and kind of the whole thing, not leaving out any element of being a mom. That said, here's my conversation with Karen Tanabe. Karen, I'm so glad you could join me on the show today. I'm so glad. Thank you for having me. Yeah, your latest novel, A Woman of Intelligence, released last July. Can you tell me about this book? Yeah, so A Woman of Intelligence is about a woman named Katrina Edgeworth, who is a very disgruntled mother in the 1950s in New York. Now we'd say she has postpartum depression. Then it was just that she was having a bit of trouble adapting to her new life. Uh, she's basically, she's depressed. She's was a United Nations translator. She had a really rich working life. And then in the 50s, you were sort of required to give that all up as a woman. Yeah. And she had two kids back to back. 
And then one day she is asked by the United States government, by the FBI to be an informant informing on a former boyfriend from her days at Columbia, who they now believe is a Russian spy. Yeah. So I did, I read this book. I don't always get to read all the books I, whose authors I interview. Um, but I was able to read this one. So I'm, I'm really excited. I enjoyed it. What inspired you to write this novel? Yeah. So, well, thank you very much for reading it. I, I can't imagine how many books you have on your set. So <laughs> yeah, I, I do. <laughs> really do appreciate that. Um, so this book, like, I had a very different idea for this book. I was going to write about female coders, computer coders during World War II. And when mm-hmm. I was in the pitch meeting at St. Martin's Press, I kind of stopped mid-pitch. And I was like, honestly, I just want to write about how hard motherhood is. Like, I want to write about the bad parts of motherhood and the loss of identity that a person feels, because that's what I was going through at the time. And I'd had two kids back to back, 18 months apart, and I was I was really mm-hmm. struggling. And I didn't find that many fiction books that I thought spoke honestly to that. And yeah. my editor, you know, sort of talked me off ledge and was like, well, what what would you like this woman to do? And I was like, well, what if she's just like a hit woman for hire? And she was like, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> and which, you know, she wasn't wrong. So we kind of <laughs> talked about the 50s and the Cold War. And we thought, you know, maybe she could she could be a spy in the capacity that women were allowed to be involved as spies in the in the 50s. Yeah, that's a great idea. Now, um, I was I'm glad you told that story about the the meeting because somewhere I read that story of how you pitched the book um, in the Flatiron Building, and I was I was going to ask you to tell that story again. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, um, yeah, that is one important detail. This was in the Flatiron Building in New York, where St. <laughs> Martin's Press used to be. So kind of like as iconically New York as you can get. I felt super yes. important, and then I had like my my nervous breakdown and then my ass shocked editor like had to usher me to the bar downstairs. So, um, but it was very much, you know, it was just my brain taking over and being like, this is, this is what I want to do, Karen. Like, this is the moment to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it worked really well. Um, about two thirds of the way through the novel, the, the protagonist nickname is Rena. And, um, she says, I knew that the line it gets better when they're older was yet another lie to keep mothers from descending into the black hole of depression. So I just, I loved that line because it's kind of true. I, when I say this line, I don't say it that way. I say that it doesn't get easier. It just gets different (laughs) as they get older. Yeah. So I, um, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I like the way you put it. I mean, I wrote, when I wrote A Woman of Intelligence, I had, you know, very young kids and they're, you know, they're getting older and it is, it is different, but again, it does come with its own set of challenges. But I think for me, an overwhelming feeling that I'm constantly battling is sort of losing myself, Mm -hmm. my identity as a woman to my identity as a mother. And I think both are very, very important, but that your identity of a woman often loses out. Yeah, that definitely, I feel like that changes as they get older. (laughs) (laughs) 
thanks for letting me know. I, I look forward to it. <laughs> it it really does because when I look back at when when they were all little, it's um like that's all that's almost all you are yeah. as a mom, and it's really hard to find those spaces of time to be to remember who you who else you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it seemed like Rena's perspective on motherhood was almost too bleak, but. It resonated because it can be so difficult, especially in those days when they're young. Um, and her husband is not supportive in, I mean, he's supportive financially, but not in the more important ways of like letting her have that space and that time to herself. Yeah. yeah, he's sort of awful. My husband was definitely like, am I Tom? And I was like, sometimes you are, sometimes you're not. <laughs> right so i wondered if you wanted to share any more of your own story or how how do your stories and rena's differ and how can i mean were you a spy for the fbi i really wish i could say yes to that um (laughs) i have never been a spy i doubt i will ever be approached to a spy i'd be a terrible spy i think um they would like cut me off from like one meal and i'd tell everything Uh, (laughs) (laughs) no so you know, I really, I wanted to make her experience as a mother pretty bleak because of how young her kids are, because of it being the 50s. You know, I felt my experience yeah. with little kids was pretty bleak. I mean, I definitely went yes. through postpartum depression. and if But I had a, a career, you know, I had another outlet, I had another identity. And in many ways, it kind of saved me personally. You know, I always Mm -hmm. felt like my kids would go to sleep or I'd wake up early and I I had this thing to work on that was mine. And I imagined what would I've become in the 50s? You know, like if I had a career like Rena's at the United Nations and before that she worked at City Hall. And then one day my boss was like, your pregnancy is distracting. Please quit. And then Mm -hmm. I was home alone with two little kids. And I also make hers, you know, back to back like mine were. Yes. I, I can't imagine the level of, of depression that I would have felt. So I sort of inserted my own experiences and time traveled them back to the 50s. Right. Um, because I think, you know, it, it was so tough for women then because so many worked during World War II mm-hmm. when, you know, the men went off to war and then their jobs were taken when the men, you know, came back. And they had to kind of contend with this. It's like they got a taste of it and then were told right. they can't do it anymore. So so yeah, I think if I were Rena, I would have been in a in a pretty bad place. And I certainly do put her in that pretty bad place. And now, you know, there's so many it's okay to talk about it. You know, we can we can mm-hmm. get on chat forums or we can ask our, you know, community for help or you know, get professional help, et cetera. Uh, but back then you were so isolated. I mean, it was almost a feeling of guilt that you felt if like motherhood was not your be all and end all. Right. Yeah. And I, I had never really thought about how they, uh, women had that chance during the war to go into the workforce. And then kind of like, as you said, <laughs> expected, it was expected of them to just go back to life as usual. Yeah. Yeah. That I think, you know, for me personally would have been incredibly tough. And, and I think, you know, for a lot of women was very mm-hmm. tough. Like if today someone just told us like, absolutely not get off this podcast, go, go, go make a meal. <laughs> I, right. would, I would kind of lose it. So. Yeah. 
Definitely. And I, I hadn't read much about this period of U.S. history before and about the Cold War and the Communist Party in the U.S. So tell me how you went about researching this. Or did you already know things and, and you just delved into it further? Or what? how did you learn about it? Uh, I knew a bit, but certainly not enough. So Rena's character is, ba- I'm going to say inspired by, not fully based, but inspired um, by a real woman, Elizabeth Bentley, who was a spy, American spy for the Russians. And mm-hmm. then she had a change of heart and she told everything to the FBI. Um, this was during World War II. And she worked as a courier for the Russians. So she would like take stolen documents from Washington where people who were like embedded in the government would steal documents, give them to her and she would bring them up to New York and give them to the Soviets. That was her main job, quote unquote. And so I use that to inspire what Rena does. So she also does that. She transports papers, um, government documents from DC to New York. So I read Mm -hmm. Bentley's biography. I read a lot of books about her and then I kind of, you know, I could have done like a deep, deep, deep dive into the Cold War and I did sort of just enough, but I really looked at, you know, women like during that time more than anything. And then again, you know, Manhattan, because you think of Manhattan as this very liberal city, um, but the Red Scare, you know, uh, sort of hunting communists all over America was happening everywhere and certainly in New York City, too. Yeah, for sure. So then tell me about your writing process. How does that go after you do your research? Or are you researching while you're writing? How how do you write a book? Yeah. Well, Allison, I have learned that you have to stop researching at some point. <laughs> then you're just going to be a researcher. Um, yeah, I used to research for a really long time and then start writing. And now I kind of research the bare minimum before I start writing and then mm-hmm. I see what else I have to research. Okay. Um, but I know, you know, some people who maybe don't write a book a year spend years researching their topics and like the hats right. off to them. But for me, I said in another interview, like the book takes place in 54. Don't ask me anything about 53 or 55. because I don't know and it's true it's like I've learned to just research what I need to research and happily admit that I'm not an expert right yeah it it is hard to draw that line to say like I'm done I have what I need or I'll get what I need if I need anything more I I think it's important I think um as a novelist you kind of have to remember you're you're a novelist you know Mm -hmm. like as much as you or maybe fascinated by what you're researching. And hopefully you are. If you're just going to research, like maybe just go get a PhD in that topic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, So Karen, have you always loved to write? Tell us how you got started. Yeah. So I, I don't think I had a choice. I think it kind of like came for me. So my dad was an editor at the Washington post book world, my entire childhood. So there are only like, I don't even know how many at the time, maybe five, 10, 15 book reviews in all of America. And they got sent every single book like ever printed. (laughs) So I grew up kind of in like a house of books. I mean, so many books I can't, you would open a drawer and there'd be books, you know, 
I'm surprised I like didn't just get buried alive by books actually. <laughs> and so I, I, you know, I was a reader. I had so much access to it. I was really lucky enough to meet authors really young and a lot of female authors. And I think, you know, you don't understand as a kid, like, oh, this is a big deal to feel like this profession is accessible to me. Right. But I look back now and I'm like, wow, what a gift that was. And then I was just like a writer, you know, I, I loved keeping diaries. I, I loved like any writing workshop classes in high school. I was my literary magazine editor in college. I kind of already knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, but my dad sat me down one day when I was in my early twenties and I started working as a journalist and he was like, this is a profession where you'll be badly paid and overworked and you really mm-hmm. need to like be okay with that now. And uh, I I said, okay. And then, you know what? I was badly paid and overworked. Mm. So he wasn't wrong. <laughs> but yeah. I think if you love it, you love it, right? You just, you do it anyway. Yeah, for sure. So how did that, you were working as a journalist. How did that turn into, how did you become a novelist? Yeah, so I always wanted to be a novelist. Even as a journalist, I always wanted to lie and make stuff up. This is not a good trait in a journalist, I found out. <laughs> no, they don't like that. <laughs> so allegedly. And I didn't do it, but like I used to get quotes from people and I just wanted to change them. I was like, oh, it was a terrible quote. Like, can I rewrite <laughs> yeah. it? <laughs> I could have said it so much better. <laughs> so much better. You know, where's your punchline? But um, so yeah. I... I knew I wanted to write a book. And in 2008, I was writing for the Huffington Post's like style section. And I wrote something that did pretty well. And an, an, a literary agent emailed me and she said, you know, I really like your writing style. Have you ever thought about writing a book? And that was kind of that. I I didn't think of a good idea for a, a minute. But in 2010 or so, when I was working at Politico, my agent and I were like, maybe you should write kind of a monoclef about Politico, a bit of a devil wears Prada about Politico. So that became my first novel. Um, mm. And it was fun. I mean, I had to write the whole thing while I was still a working, you know, reporter. So right. it was a, it was a lot, or I thought for, for what I knew at the time, I thought that was a lot. And then I started writing with little kids and it turns out <laughs> I was wrong about that being a lot, but at the time it seemed like a lot. Um, yes. and then we, we sold my first book to, uh, Atria books an imprint of Simon and Schuster. And, and I've had mm-hmm. the same editor since then, since then, since like 2012 and wow. she moved to St. Martin's press and I followed her and yeah. So it's been, it's been great. It's honestly, uh, sort of been my childhood dream and I feel really lucky to do it. I mean, I say that now, ask me on deadline and I'll be like, why? But <laughs> <laughs> right today, today I feel very lucky. Yeah, great. Uh, so what are you working on now? Can you tell us about it? Yeah, so uh, it's sort of a big departure. You know, A Woman of Intelligence for me was a bit of a difficult book to write. I didn't expect it to kind of become this uh, book that reflected my own postpartum depression and my journey as mm-hmm. a mother, and then it kind of became that. I mean, it's still a page turner. It's still... You know, very much a mystery thriller, but I really did put a lot of that into it. And I felt kind of emotionally drained after. I was like, wow, I never want to do that again. (laughs) So 
I've decided I decided to just pivot and write my happy book. So the book I, I'm in edits on now, it's late 70s in Los Angeles. And it's kind of like the fashion and music scene. It's wow. again a bit of a a bit of a mystery, but it's fun. You know, it's a fun book. And I felt yeah. like writing a fun book after A Woman of Intelligence. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so this is a question I ask all my guests. How do you think learning about history through story helps us approach life in the present? Ooh, what a good question. I mean, I'd say like, okay, teach us not to repeat our mistakes. And then all we do is repeat our mistakes, right? But um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say that, you know, I think in history, like history through nonfiction we often just learn about like the same few people and not that these aren't important people, but they're often men people, you know? And mm -hmm. I think through fiction, so many women in history have been illuminated and it's been incredible. You know, you have some women who write about like the wives of famous men, or you have other women who write about women who've been lost in history or who are, who were, who we've been told were small figures in history, but were actually extremely large figures in history. And, yeah, I think yeah. historical fiction for women has been enormous, you know, um, and it's such a lovely way to learn about history. I think few people are dying to just be like, you know what I'm going to read on the beach? This, uh, this 600 page history book. But <laughs> like, if you, if that is you like, wow, but historical Not fiction, me. it's, it's such a nice way to learn about it and such a lovely way to elevate unknown female historical figures because honestly if you approached a press and you were like i want to write i don't know a, a thousand page book on this person's wife who was completely unknown they'd be like wow definitely no but <laughs> if you can turn it into historical fiction books and you show you know all the reasons why this woman is worthy your chances of being published are a lot higher and so yeah i think um i think that's why I like historical fiction. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, one of the many reasons. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's a great, it's a great medium. So Karen, this has been a wonderful conversation. What is the best way for listeners to follow you? Yeah, so I have a pretty unique name. So everything is my name. It is K-A-R-I-N-T-A-N-A-B-E on every single social media pro platform. Mm -hmm. Um and my email is just karen at karentanabi.com. And I love hearing from people. And, you know, feel free to tweet me, Instagram, message me or anything. I'm, I'm around and, and, uh, you know, anyone who reads my books, honestly, I'm very appreciative. There are a lot of books out there. There are a lot of historical fiction books. And I, I, I'm very moved anytime anyone opens one of mine. Yeah, great. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. And uh, thank you for chatting with me. Well, my friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Karen Tanabe. And I hope you check out her books. As usual, I'm going to leave you with a quote. And this one, of course, is about motherhood. This one was written by Anonymous, the author of so many quotes. Successful mothers are not the ones that have never struggled. They are the ones that never give up despite the struggles. So if you have a mother, thank your mother. 
If you are a mother, be grateful for that opportunity despite the struggles. If this Mother's Day was difficult for you for any reason, know that my heart is with you. And keep reading historical fiction, which can illuminate the women in history that we maybe haven't learned about yet. I will talk to you again next week.